It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. Gordon Hayward is going to be out for a while. What does that mean? Who steps up? And what adjustments do the Boston Celtics make? going to talk about it on this Wednesday Locked On Celtics. Let's go. back with the All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it. Got a local feel like the red line. The blue line. The green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime. And press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. It's the best way. Hello there. Welcome back. John Corrales here from MassLive.com. I'm their Boston Celtics beat reporter. And welcoming you to another Locked On Celtics podcast. We're here for you Monday through Friday. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Hope you enjoy the show. Hope you like it enough to subscribe. All of you subscribers, thank you for the good written reviews, five-star ratings. So today we've got the bad news that Gordon Hayward is out, they say, approximately four weeks with a grade three ankle sprain. Going to talk about that in the first segment, just the details. And then segment two, who steps up? What does Brad Stevens do? What are the rotations? Segment three, a little look ahead to the Wednesday night game two between Philadelphia and Boston. A few adjustments that I think the Celtics can make to maybe make that game go a little bit easier. So again, the news on Gordon Hayward. It is apparently a grade three ankle sprain. And they said in the release, out approximately four weeks. Now, immediately, everybody started Googling grade three ankle sprains. And you start to look at past grade three ankle sprains for uh, players. And generally speaking, four weeks has seemed very optimistic, right? That like that's People think four weeks for a grade three, grade three is the worst of the ankle sprains, it involves torn ligaments. Uh, it's, And I don't know if, because we're not doctors, we haven't seen the MRIs, we don't know exactly what they're, what they're saying. So it could be like a grade two slash grade three, it could be like on the cusp of that, and there's, well, we'll call it a grade three because of XYZ. But the Celtics do not put out optimistic timelines. They just, they have not in general put out optimistic timelines when it comes to injury recovery. They may say indefinitely, they may say five weeks, six, whatever it is. If they think it's going to be four, they may say um, whatever, possibly something, something better, something worse than what, what that number might be. Because if the player comes back sooner, it looks great. If the player comes back later and it's actually on with the timeline they announce, then they'll look like it's fine. So for them to say four weeks tells me that, I don't know, maybe it's actually going to be four weeks. Now they threw the approximately in there to give themselves some wiggle room, but for a grade three sprain, 
this does, in general, seem like an optimistic timeline. Now, four weeks, that's the middle of September. We're looking at, because of the way the the playoffs are every other day, we're looking at somewhere around the Eastern Conference Finals. The beginning of them, close to them. Uh, We're looking at if the Celtics are still playing, because Gordon Hayward's injury could mean that the Celtics are kind of stuck against the Toronto Raptors. But if they can get past the Toronto Raptors, I'm assuming the Toronto Raptors are going to advance, then maybe, possibly, Hayward could be back for some portion of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's actually interesting now because this takes away, I think, the discussion about what does ha- what what happens to Hayward when he goes to his his wife's uh, the the birth of their son? The way he's been playing during the the restart during the seeding games, I frankly I was sitting there. One of the thoughts that I was was popping into my head was, I I am not looking forward to the conversation when a guy who's been playing like this leaves to go be with his wife at that time, which he hundred percent should be doing family first, right? I just didn't want to have that conversation with people. And now if this is a four week thing, maybe, maybe the end of the recovery coincides with the birth of his son and he can leave and do his rehab while he's, you know, on his way to Indiana, on his way back during the four day subsequent quarantine. I mean, it's possible that that all kind of overlaps. And so all of that happens while he's recovering. And so this kind of renders that conversation moot because he's, he's going to be hurt and recovering from this anyway. So I'm, I don't know. It's so vague still. The Celtics put out a one sentence press release, uh, Brad Stevens was not going to provide any new clarity and we're just going to go with four weeks at the grade three and, and just kind of wonder a little bit. Now, hopefully somewhere between now and uh, you know, whatever, a week or so they'll make Gordon Hayward available and he can talk about his injury. He's done that before. Um, It'd be great to hear from him. It sucks. I can't believe that it's happened to him again. Uh, And you know, it's just, it's just such crappy luck for him. Landing on somebody's foot twice. One time it broke his foot. The other time it's one of the most serious sprains that you can get. On opposite feet. Breaks his hand in a weird game against the Spurs. I mean, it's just weird. Just bad luck. So hopefully we hear from, from Hayward soon. Those are the details. That's what we know about the Gordon Hayward injury. Up next... Who steps up? What do the Celtics do? Looks like Marcus Smart might start, but maybe, maybe there's another option. Or maybe there's another thing that, another rotation that the Celtics can pull on. Talk about that in just a moment. First, DoorDash is the way to go if you want to get food delivered. Doesn't matter what kind of food, doesn't matter if different people in different in your house, if you're watching these games. 
maybe they want some different things like Chinese or pizza or whatever. There's something for everybody. If you go to DoorDash, you can continue supporting restaurants in your community safely because there are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage right now more than ever. You can support your favorite restaurants, the local restaurants. You don't have to go to some chain. You can do it on DoorDash. You've counted on those restaurants all these times that you've gone out. Now they're counting on you. So while they're closed, they can still be open for delivery. Ordering's easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with this new contact del- contactless delivery drop-off setting. There are over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, so you can support your local restaurants. You can do a chain restaurant. You want to do Chipotle, you want to do Wendy's, you want to do Cheesecake Factory. It's all there for you. Right now, Locked On Celtics listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code Locked on NBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can even follow us on Spotify. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. So Gordon Hayward is out for about four weeks. It's possible that he's going to come back at some point if the Celtics are still alive for the conference finals. So who steps up? What do the Celtics do? How do they manage this? Marcus Smart spoke after practice and made it seem like he's the one that's been practicing with the starters. And I would expect that he's the guy that goes in and starts in Gordon Hayward's place. Now, if Marcus Smart is the guy, we've seen this before. They know how to navigate this, and Brad Stevens may just go with the continuity thing. That we know that Marcus Smart can do this. We know that he and Kemba Walker play well together. We know the Celtics can use Kemba off the ball. Um, He does well off the ball. They can use him uh, in a lot of creative ways. And with the, the pressure of handling the ball off it's just another it's another element to his game that he can kind of unleash so 
that's that's probably the obvious thing the Celtics can do. Marcus Smart's out there. You 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 ramp up the defense. You you don't lose anything. Uh, he's a little shorter, obviously, than Gordon Hayward, but obviously he's a better defender. He's not quite the shooter, but he is quite the passer. So the drop off in the shooting can be made up by the defense, and the Celtics offense is kickstarted by the defense all the time anyway. So starting Marcus Smart, obviously, like I said, it's happened 40 times. He's played 60 games in the regular season, 40 times. This is a guy who's supposed to be your sixth man. 40 times he started. He started so much that he's not eligible for sixth man of the year. You know, like that's that's how hurt the Celtics have been. And how crazy is it, by the way, that this was the first time, the first game where the Celtics actually were at full strength. I know they had Kemba before, but Kemba was on a minutes restriction. This was the first game, game one, was the first game that Kemba was back and fully like ready to play and at full strength, no minutes restriction, nothing. We had finally gotten full strength Celtics and they couldn't even make it through 48 minutes of that. That uh, just blows my mind. So smart as the starter, sure. But, but what if we throw a curveball? What if they decide that, hmm, you know, Marcus Smart as the starter may not be the best option because you have Kemba, Jalen, and Jason, three guys who could easily make up for the loss of production in, in, in Gordon Hayward. Now, Brad Stevens said they're going to look for that by committee. How can you make up for the production of Gordon Hayward? Well, why not? And Brad Stevens has done this, and this is a concept that's not new. We've seen it used before. Why not keep Marcus Smart on the bench and start somebody like Shemi Ojale, who is a good defender, who is big and strong and can defend whomever needs to be defended. Obviously, he's not the shooter that Hayward is, not the playmaker, but can catch and shoot and is hitting about 38% of his threes. So the the Celtics can rely on him to stand in the corner, catch the ball, and hit a reliable amount of threes, a good amount of threes. There's no drop-off in defense. He's stronger than Hayward, so if he gets switched onto Embiid, he can hold his ground. You know, he's obviously not going to defend Embiid, but he can he can get low and stand his ground long enough for the Celtics to to double or dig and do the stuff that's been effective. So if if the Celtics want to do something like keep the rotations where Marcus Smart comes off the bench and you have Kemba or Marcus on the floor at all times and maybe you can still play them together for stretches and you want to keep Marcus Smart running that second unit then maybe you throw Ojale in there. And now Ojale with the starters, again, because he can shoot, can still work, he can still space. And with the starters, the attention that they draw, that Jalen, Jason, and Kemba draw, still creates enough space, creates enough gravity for 
Shemi to get those open looks. Again, I don't expect that to be the case, but I'm I'm not saying there's a 0% chance of that. Because, I mean, and I'll talk about it more in the next segment. With, with Kemba and with Marcus Smart in the starting lineups, now you're relying more on Brad, Brad Wanamaker. Now, we know that Brad Stevens thinks Brad Wanamaker is a, a, a pro. He'll call him a pro every chance he gets. And it's true. He, he, the guy knows. The, we can talk about Brad Wanamaker, and, and I know a lot of people, and maybe some of you listening, are very anti-Brad Wanamaker. But um, I think that he's solid enough where a few minutes of him don't hurt you. Um, but if you want to avoid Brad Wanamaker minutes, then throwing one of your bench guys like Shemi Ojale in with the starters kind of elevates his game enough where he can be subbed out early and at least it, it, it just triggers a, a, a staggering of the minutes that it forces Philly to maybe adjust. Maybe you just force them to adjust to you. And if Shemi goes out there and hits three threes, that that's good enough. You know, that's enough for him to do his job offensively. He goes out there and bodies up Tobias Harris, you know, or whomever, then he'll do he'll do the job. Like I said in earlier podcasts, it's all about keeping that supporting cast in check. And I'm sure that Shemi Ojale has enough quickness and speed and strength to make life difficult for Tobias Harris. So I mean Tobias Harris is a good player. He's gonna get he's gonna get some points. He's gonna get some shots. But it's why not? Why not? Why not give it a shot? Uh like I said, it's it's not the I'm not sitting here advocating for it, but I can see the merits of it. Bringing Smart off the bench to run that second unit, I think, kind of kind of helps. In ways. But because I expect Marcus Smart to be the starter, then we'll just go on and assume that he's the starter. And up next, adjustments for the Celtics versus the 76ers, assuming that Marcus Smart is the starter. And we'll go from there. I have been talking to you about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar kind of went away for a little bit because they were reformulating and they had gotten rid of all of their stock. And now they are back. They are back, and I'm excited because I've loved Built Bar. It's been a great part of my nutrition, my daily routine. It's helped me out a lot because it, give, it satisfies cravings, but it still gives me all the protein that I need without a ton of the calories, without a ton of the fat. And now that it's back, it's new and improved. It tastes even better. They've got 18 amazing flavors. If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. They've got plenty of non-nut flavors. The bars are still covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew. They're great for the health conscious person out there because like I said, they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you want a keto diet, this works. Looking to lose weight, this works. Looking to maintain weight, this works. If you're looking to stay healthy but have a little bit of a treat but still help supplement your nutrition, I'm a big believer in what you eat helps fuel you a built bar in the morning for breakfast with a banana and a glass of water will give you all the energy you need to get started. 
If you're going to the gym, pop a Built Bar in your bag. You can have it right after you eat, you, you finish lifting. It's going to fuel your muscle gains because of that protein. I believe in it. And you're going to get a free cooler when you buy it, your next order of Built Bars. Free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. If you've used that promo code before, no problem. They've reset it. You can use it again now. You'll get $10 off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code Locked On. Get yourself a free cooler while supplies last and $10 off with that promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. Game two between the Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, tonight, Wednesday night. And they are certain to make some adjustments, both teams, but... Listening to Joel Embiid, I feel like he's going to be looking to do more of the stuff that the Celtics might want him to do. He might be looking to post up uh, a lot more. He says he's looking to demand the ball. Now, Brett Brown, after the game, said that getting Embiid the ball doesn't necessarily mean getting it to him in the post. It means getting to him up top, getting it to him in different situations, and that's, that's I think, how it should be. But I feel like Embiid might just try to demand the ball more in the post. I think he's going to try to dominate a little bit more. I think this is a critical game for the Sixers. This, this isn't like going home and saying, well, we can get game three, and if we just go back home and win those two games at home, Maybe we can come back and steal one in Boston. Okay? This is, I think, a critical game because I don't trust the Sixers. I think the emotion, they're emotionally lost. Uh, listening to Ben Golliver on the Tuesday Locked On NBA podcast, he talked about body language and how just defeated the Sixers looked throughout the game. No energy. Uh, it feels like this season has worn on them so much that if this game two doesn't work out for them, if the Celtics can come out and come out strong, build a big lead, if the Celtics can make this a no-doubt win in game two, even after losing Gordon Hayward, which I think they can, I think they put a ton of pressure on Philly, and I just don't think Philly can respond to that level of pressure. I don't think Joel Embiid can respond to that level of pressure. Because think about it. 
They're not going home. He's going back to a hotel room. They play every other day. There's no extra couple of days. There's no getting away from any of this. You just go back to your hotel. You're still in that same place. You've never left. There's no reset. There's no nothing. So the Celtics in game two, I think, can take a commanding lead, a commanding psychological lead. How do you do this? Well, I think, first of all, if they still want to keep pounding the ball inside to Embiid, if he demands the ball in the post, keep doing those digs. Unless he's turning and shooting right away, I mean, I would say Embiid has to learn how to make a quick move and not put the ball on the floor. That backing down thing where you just pound, 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 and dribble, 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 that's not going to work. He needs to do kind of like the old school posting up, which I love. I'm a post aficionado. You got to get that guy on your hip. You got to get that angle right away. And if he's not doing that and taking one dribble and getting into his move, then he's going to be in trouble. You've got to set a guy up in the post. If you want to post up and score quickly, you've got to read how the guy is is, is defending you in the post. And you can go, you have to have a move to your left. You have to have a move to your right. And then you have to have counters to those moves. And if he's just going to try to back down and say, I'm stronger than Tice, and just pound, 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 that's not going to work. That's not going to work. The Celtics have proven that's not going to work. They're going to continue to dig at him and making those dribbles impossible. So first of all, keep that up. Second of all, on on um, offense, keep driving at Matisse Thibel. Attack Thibel, attack Al Horford, because Al Horford is is not going to, if he's asked to guard Jalen Brown on a, a consistent basis, just keep attacking him. Put him in those situations where he's going to have to guard and, and move and, and really wear him down. And I think in those situations, it's going to be dribble handoffs with Daniel Tice. I think the Celtics offense, instead of Daniel Tice at the top of the key, the way they had it against Philly in game one. They need to get Daniel Tice off on the wings, have him hand off to a guard coming off curl, and get Daniel Tice into the corner. So that's going to draw, without when Daniel Tice doesn't have the ball and he's standing in the corner, Joel Embiid has to st- step off into out of the, out of the lane. And has to be on that side of the lane guarding Daniel Tice. So that's going to be a way to clear him out. Get him on the on the wing. Get Embiid standing outside. Don't have Daniel Tice handling the ball. Because when Daniel Tice has the ball, Embiid can stay in the lane for as long as he wants. There's no three count. So get Tice out onto the wing. If he's going to get the ball there, dribble handoff. And let Tatum, let Brown uh, attack, let Kemba attack off of those actions. And if you're going to run pick and roll, run it with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They did that. Keep doing that. And they did in game one. Have Jalen Brown, have Jason Tatum set your picks. Run pick and roll with those guys. Let them run pick and roll with each other. I think those moves can help the Celtics. And it's going to keep Daniel Tice, I think, out of the offense a little bit. But having him handle the ball at the top of the key 
allows Embiid to sit back. And if Daniel Tice will sit there and say, Daniel Tice, shoot that, and he can, and if they want to take their chances at, hey, look, you want to take five threes in the first half, in the first quarter, go for it. But I'd rather see Tice handling it off on the wings, getting into the corner, forcing Embiid into a place that he's not comfortable, and then attack that other side. And when Embiid comes over, then Daniel Tice can slide on in and you get dump-offs. That's going to be the how do you do it. Daniel Daniel Tice in the left corner after a handoff. Jalen Brown coming off of that, getting into the lane, kicking it over to the right side. Attack that. Force Embiid to come over to try and protect the rim. Daniel Tice comes in from the left side. You drop it off to him for a dunk. A lot of those actions. So I'd like to see some of that. Now I wonder who subs out first. You sub out Kemba early so he can come back with the second unit. I think there's something there where in the first game, Jason Tatum was the first sub out and he came back early and he ran with that second unit. Now, if you run smart out early, then he can come back with that second unit. And I think you pair him with some Robert Williams minutes. I'd like to see Marcus Smart and Robert Williams out there together. I think as soon as Embiid comes out and Marcus, uh, I'm sorry, Robert Williams goes in, you have Marcus Smart in there. I need to see that pairing together a little bit more. I want to see those guys run pick and roll together, get more of those guys, put that pressure on the rim, and get that offense kicked up that way. The Celtics offense is my main concern. That Celtics offense, I think, can run so much more smoothly that I think the Celtics can really run Philly out of the gym. I I appreciate Philly's fight in game one. I don't know how much fight they're going to have in game two, especially if the Celtics can start extending that lead. So I think those few things are going to help the Celtics get through and and maybe this can be an easier win. That's the show. Back after game two of Celtics Sixers, hopefully with a much easier win for the Celtics. Talk about that. If you are a new listener and you've enjoyed this show, be back post game for another one. Subscribe to get it directly to your device. Follow on Spotify, please. If you're a regular listener, a good five-star rating, a good written review is always very helpful. Go check out our friends at Built Bar, the new and improved Built Bar with a free cooler while purchase while supplies last. So check them out, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next purchase. Even if you've used it before, you get to use it again. Promo code's LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next purchase. Thanks for listening, everybody. Back tomorrow here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. 
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.